Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. Rachel is a speaker, licensed counselor, and an overcomer. As Rachel is walking through her own journey of grief, she's challenging others to persevere and overcome their own circumstances. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this all-new podcast. Here now is your host, Rachel Flick. So last week I was talking with my mentor, Kim, and we've known each other for, we think about eight years through the mothers of preschoolers ministry, which is an amazing ministry for young moms and an opportunity to create mentoring relationships. And we had talked a little bit about how to form those relationships, how to have hard conversations, how mentorship brings modeling for um, getting you unstuck. So Kim, it's so great to have you again today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rachel. I love this discussion and what it brings, the possibility it brings into women's lives. Me too. Me too. Because I feel like we have some secret sauce and we get to share the recipe with some other people who I really hope jump in and um, find a mentor or become a mentor from these, from this conversation. I think they will. Cause those family recipes, those secret sauces, we don't share that very often. We don't, this is like our little, our little secret space. And we're sharing a couple secrets, but not too many. We've got a lot. So when you are looking for a mentor, how do you, I will say from my perspective, I know a lot of women are intimidated to approach a woman who they feel like has more expertise experience is further along in business has older children um and this applies to guys too absolutely kim and i know each other from this parenting sphere so we're definitely shaping the conversation around women and children and and that's where we started but these principles can absolutely scale to anyone in any sphere so let's say that i see you and i really like how you are a teacher or a mom or a businesswoman and I want to approach you, what are some tips for me to come to you and open a conversation about that? One of the first things that you should do is think through what you would like from this relationship. Mm. And when you think about it, put into words on paper or talk through with somebody else, I really want to have, and I'll give you an example from my own life. I really wanted to have a woman who had run an international business, okay, who had been in ministry at the same time and had success with it and had learned good boundaries. Just no big deal. Just all of those things. I all wanted right. all of those okay. things. And this is a, you know, it might be a later in life thing, yes. or you might just be somebody who is running Facebook right now and you want a mentor. Okay. So don't be afraid of who that person is, but understand what you would like. And then approach them and know when you approach them, of course they could say yes, or they could say no, but the more information you give them about what you're looking for, Mm. the more likely they are to say yes. Okay. Also be ready to maybe give a, have a little give and take. You'll want to give and take in areas like maybe she only has once a month to meet for an hour and a half to start with, but when summer comes, she might have twice a month available. So give yourself the space and the courage to say, that's okay. She's not rejecting me. She's telling me what she can do. Also, I'd like you to really remember that that woman 
was poured into you by a lot of other women. Wow. So don't see her as some kind of goddess or someone who is beyond you. See her as a work of art. Everything she does is because of other women and other people who have poured into her. And that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And you deserve to have that much poured into you as well. That's really important. The point that we should not put our mentors on pedestals because the only person who can support those kind of expectations is really Jesus. And I really hate falling off those pedestals. It's a hard fall, isn't it? It is a hard fall. To disappoint people. Yes. Yes. So realizing that no one truly has it all together. That's correct. We all have faults and failures. Your mentor that you think is so amazing that you are seeking, she is a real person. She puts her pants on one leg at a time. She has morning breath. She loses her temper. She is human just like all of us. Absolutely. And those are the things that make you want to be mentored by her because she's not pretentious. Mm -hmm. She's not putting on a show for anyone. One of the greatest compliments that I have had by people I've mentored is you're so authentic. Mm -hmm. What we see when we're together here is what we see. If we come to a party at your house is what we see. If you're working with women on or off stage, that to me is pretty high praise. I think that is what I would like is for them to know me intimately. Now they won't know at the first meeting to bring chocolate because that's what I want. Not coffee. Kim loves hot chocolate. Just side note, if you want it in, (laughs) her Starbucks drink is. And those are things where sometimes we feel intimidated that we don't have the right thing to bring to honor this person, but we should not make it about honoring them. Mm. We should keep it in the realm of, I need someone to walk with me. And it's more than just being in someone's slipstream. There are people that we try to get in their slipstream where we're coming in and out of their life in different areas. This is much more intentional than that. You're coming in and I have one woman that I mentor and she specifically wants me to walk her through the hard years of getting debt free. Mm. This is something I've done in Mm. my life, my husband and I, and we, you know, we worked our own formula with it, but I'm the one that she texts and she says, I hate today because I'm not debt free yet. And here's how it's affecting my family in a negative way. Wow. So she can bring her confessions to me and she knows that I'm going to take that information and propel her forward. I'm not going to take that information and shame her. So you're looking for someone in a mentor who is not, I wouldn't use the word cheerleader. That's a little trite, right? Right. But someone who is absolutely going to walk through the deep snow with you. Right. And there are seasons where cheerleading is needed. I believe in you. I see this in you. You can do it. I've done it. You have everything in you. I know that cheerleaders in my life have gotten me out of some deep ruts because they believed in me. But also, sometimes we need someone to get in the rut with us and walk it out. So pilot Kim, you mentioned the word slipstream a couple times. I'm not familiar with what that means. What is a slipstream? A slipstream could be used nautically or in the air. Sometimes there's a main river and into it, there's a creek that flows in and out of the main river. Perhaps that's something that someone has seen more often. Mm. In piloting, when we're flying, there's a slipstream next to us that other planes or things could get pulled into and they would come in closer to us. 
Mm. A slipstream is a sweet spot, and it's a good place to analyze from if you want someone to be your mentor. Okay. You can get into their slipstream and say, oh, I'm going to go intentionally and sit by this woman at a women's event because I want to sit at her table or near her because I want to interact with her just to kind of get a taste of who she is. Okay. So you can use the slipstream that way. Just don't confuse it with a mentorship. So if I am a woman coming in and out of someone's slipstream, what does that look like? I think it might be if it's someone at your children's school that you admire, whether she has older children, she may be somebody with the PTA that you like the way she presents things and presents herself, the way that you go into someone's home and you say, I would like my home to feel like this person's home feels, Mm. those are good things to look for and to say, I want to be in that slipstream. Therefore, you would offer to them, hey, could I come by and have coffee if you like the way their home feels? And then if you come by and have coffee, be aware of their time, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, Bring, you know, bring them something when you come or just bring yourself. Sometimes we have no ability to bring more than ourselves mm-hmm. and that's okay. But once you've come to their house once, most any woman who is ready to mentor someone would say, my door is always open. Come on by. Okay. I'd love to have you sit on my back porch with me. I would love to have mm. tea with you. Let me know when you want to come again. So now you're in her slipstream. If it's in business, it might be something more in the line of that you say, I'm going to go listen to her speak. I know she's speaking to these other groups that I'm not a part of, but I'm just going to go and be in the back of the room and I'm going to see what she does. And I'm going to make sure to compliment her and introduce myself to her. And I'm going to see what she's doing. You might check their um, social media to see what's on their Insta. Mm -hmm. See where they're going with it. Are they going places that you can agree with okay if not best to say okay i was in the slipstream but i'm not going to mentor with this woman Mm. so am i hearing you correctly to say that there's kind of this outer ring where you might begin to observe another woman to see her gifts to introduce yourself to compliment her for maybe a talk that she gave and then there's the slipstream which is kind of um, an initiation of a more intimate relationship and you might have coffee and come by her home and um, or you know meet somewhere and, and grab lunch and then there is maybe a more intentional mentoring relationship that would be more of a time commitment maybe more frequently deeper questions mm-hmm. am I hearing you well mm-hmm. about that yes yes and if I speak to the mentors right now probable mentors and women who are mentors, I would say you need to be aware of when a woman is coming around a lot. I received a text recently from a woman I met one time. She was at a class that I taught. She lives in another state. And she said, I know that you're very busy, but I would like to know if you could mentor me. Could we talk for two hours once a month? Hmm. So she already had it in her head and she went on to describe what about me enticed her into this Hmm. and then I could say back to her what things I could offer her so she made a pretty specific request she did of time and topic and that enabled you to say this is what I'm able to give yes and I have let people know before that 
I love the idea of what they want me to give and I can give that in the future, but not right now. Or I can do it right now, but only for a certain number of months. That's really great with setting realistic expectations. I think some people, when they are uncertain about how long a mentoring relationship might go or um, how much time might be asked of them on a regular basis, they might be intimidated by not being able to give to the level that would be asked of them or even more intimidating would be the insinuation like we didn't talk about how much time you would like to spend up front and so now you're wanting to talk to me three times a week and I'm not capable of that amount of communication and sometimes that is just where we make an adjustment Mm -hmm. and we say okay we both love to walk and we can walk and talk so I can give you more time if you want to come and walk with me on my schedule that's such a great idea then you have more time together. Sometimes it turns into a couple's thing. And you say, you guys come over for dinner. We all know that there's going to be two separate conversations at one point. Mm-hmm. And that time is valuable as well. Right. And then you're getting more access, but in different spheres of life that are maybe more flexible. Yes. Right? Like if you're exercising and mentoring, then you're killing two birds with one stone. Which right? is always better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kim, what happens when someone approaches you for mentorship or you initiate that coffee, that connection, and then it doesn't go well or you don't feel like you're really vibing or connecting very well? Is chemistry important? Should you force through that? Yes and no. I think with most people, we can force through it and we can get to a better place. Mm. Both people have to be willing to work through places rather than we're going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right. If you tend to throw out the baby with the bathwater, you have to know that about yourself, whether you're the mentor or the mentee. And you have to be prepared to work through this long haul of making Mm. this a year's, many years relationship rather than a one year relationship. One of the things that has helped me is being able to say to someone, I don't know that this is going like you thought, and I'm not sure it's going like I thought. So could we reassess and see if we're still on the track that we thought we were going to be on and the ability and the freedom that comes with that little bit of setting a boundary that we're going to open it up and we're going to look at it. We're going to be a surgeon for a minute. Mm. That brings a lot of freedom Sometimes people say, you know, I loved the year we had together, or I loved the five years we had together, but I have other mentors and other things to do. Sometimes it's just a matter of my child at this stage of life takes way more effort than they did before. And I don't have the time to give to you anymore. Right. None of those are bad things. None of those are wrong things, but the honesty and looking at it together is what's beautiful and is what keeps us coming back together. Yes. Having ongoing expectations, conversations is what's going to help prevent offense or a feeling of rejection or no longer being wanted or being burdened. I think on the mentor side, right? Where you're like, this used to work well and now my life circumstances have changed. Yeah, it absolutely does. I have one woman that I mentor right now who's just moved out of state And she said, I definitely want you to be part of my life Mm -hmm. continuing on. 
but it's very different when we can't just drop by each other's house. We can't go for a coffee. And so now it involves things like she has to be flexible for my travel schedule. I have to be more aware of communicating with her that she's not been lost and forgotten, but she's right there where I can handle a conversation. I have time to give my full thought to it. And it's not in an airport where I have all kinds of noise in my background where I'm not really listening well to her. So I have to be cautious and she has to be cautious. She has to be cautious to not feel rejected because it's different now. Yes. And you want to allow the relationship to morph and transform over time. When I first met you at Mops at church, I would have never imagined that I would be sitting across from you here eight years later with the relationship and the connection that we have. And so realizing that different relationships and different people are for different seasons and that those relationships can shift and change without the loss of love or appreciation is a really healthy expectation for entering into the mentoring relationship. It is, and I don't think we can predict the ebb and flow just as water seeks its own course. Mm. Mentoring relationships seek their own course, and we cannot always predict those. I would never have said that um, I would have had this path to walk with you. Right. I would never have thought that it would gone to this length. Um, I have in longer mentoring relationships, I have walked people through severe depression. Not that I was their clinician. I was not their clinician, but I was someone that was helping with the process. Mm-hmm. And I've had the hard conversations and waited and taken a breath and come back four different times until the conversation time was right, where I could say, you need serious help. You need to go to someplace like Honey Lake Clinic, which is a beautiful place where you have both Jesus and medicine available, which is mm. not common in America. No, in fact, it doesn't exist in America other it's than it. It's the only one. Is that correct? It is the only one. Um, anyway, back to my story, I believe that that moment when I could offer that to the woman I was mentoring, and then I could say to her, I will get on the airplane with you. I will drive you there. I will stay until you're checked in. Mm. That was a sweet, sweet moment. I see your tears. It's a very powerful space. When I was able to say to the woman I was mentoring, I see your hurt and I want you to be out of that hurt. Hmm. And I will offer to go with you and I will go on the plane with you and I will drive you and I will stay while you check in so that I know that you're safe. That is an extraordinary mentoring opportunity. Mm -hmm. It may come in many different forms. But there are some parts of that that all mentors need to be aware of. One is that we are not counselors. There are things that are far beyond us. It is not our role to tell someone about taking medication or not taking medication. We might reflect back to them, when you started taking that medication, I saw this happen in your life that was positive or negative. But it's not our role to be a physician. It's also not our role to be a professional counselor. Right. It is a great thing when we can say, I think if you went to a counselor, 
somebody that you saw every other week or once a month that you could come to a new place. Just like I said to my friend, if you went to Honey Lake Clinic, I think that you could find hope that you cannot find in your everyday life. Mm. That was what I was offering was the resiliency of there's more in your life to come than where you've been before. Right. And I will walk with you. My, one of my friends says it's because I'm a mud pie friend. <laughs> if she's in the mud, I will mm. climb down in the mud with her, but we won't stay there. Right. We'll be there momentarily. We'll be there, which might be months, but it's momentarily. And then together we're going to come back up out because she doesn't have to be alone as she climbs back up. Absolutely. And to get to the place where you have the level of vulnerability and trust and realistic expectations to be able to say to someone in their dark night of the soul, I'm here, I'm with you. I don't have all the answers, but I will walk you through to the place where you can see the light again for yourself. That is sacred ground. It is sacred. It's very sweet. And it's had many different storylines. There's been stories of women who are being beaten or their children are being beaten. And we go and we physically move Mm -hmm. her out. And when you say we, you're saying you and your husband, Brad. Yes, Brad and I. Um, Others where a resource that we have, which might be a piece of furniture or some money, is something that can get them from point A to point B, and mm-hmm. we can help with that. Sometimes it's just saying to them, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to expect, and I do, I'm very expectant in prayer. Mm. I'm going to expect abundant provision from unusual places that you have not even thought of, and God is going to bring that into your life. And that spiritual covering is something that we haven't even talked about for mentors. Right. Yes, that's definitely next level. And it's important. And maybe we need to have another episode where we can talk more about it again. I feel like we could, there were so many stories that we could have shared and that we didn't get to today. Um, I think that some of the things that we want to bring to the light and remind the listeners about is that resilient people seek and receive mentorship because mentors model healthier behaviors and patterns. Mentors are able to see into our blind spots and bring clarity, and they can help us change our thought processes, which can encourage us on the path of healing and keep us from getting stuck. And remember that as you develop your relationship with your mentor, choose to be vulnerable. Step out one piece at a time in appropriate ways and places, and that trust, depth, and intimacy will grow over time and you will cultivate it. So Kim, this was so beautiful. I love that we got to share some of our passion and our fire with the listeners and then also some of those really sweet, tender places between us and just experiences that we've had in in mentoring spaces. If listeners want to learn more about you, they can visit you at KimberlyOster.com. And when they get there, you will have for them five topics for your first mentor meeting. Kim, would you just spell your name for us one more time? Sure thing. It's Kimberly Oster, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. 
O-A-S-T-E-R.com. Dot com. Okay, guys. Thank you so much. That's a wrap for this week. I'll be looking forward to connecting with you next week on the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. You've been listening to the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. To find out more, go to rachelflick.com. While there, you can discover more information about all the platforms that this podcast is on. Also, be sure to click on the social media icons at the top of the page and you will be directed to Rachel's social media sites. While you're online, you can book Rachel for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. Go to rachelflick.com to book her today. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time for another edition of the Hopecast with Rachel Flick.